Greetings. Thank you all for returning. I am Pastor John, welcoming our global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, this study series is more than three parts. It is an important study. I will stay with this study until it is completed. It shows us that nothing can give us salvation except for us asking for it. This scripture passage gives us a good hard look at this subject. We hope you enjoy this study to its end. May God bless you all. Last week we learned we trust God, we trust His Word, the Bible, while the external circumstances show the opposite of what we presently are quite sure of in our own sight. We also learned the truth that righteousness before God is obtained by faith. It is not earned by any human endeavor, despite traditions that we have previously discussed in Parts 1 and 2. Only faith can fully achieve the desired end result. Our forgiveness and salvation in Christ. We learned that Jewish men had a very personal means thought to achieve spiritual oneness with God. Yet, what of women? How do women achieve the same end as men if getting favor of God is obtained by a physical act? This is one reason why faith is used for all concerned, male and female. Barnes' New Testament notes told us, On whom the Lord will not charge his sins, or who shall not be reckoned or regarded as guilty. This shows clearly what the apostle meant by imputing faith without. To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled, The Illustration of Justification, Part 2, posted on January 14th. This week, our study is titled, The Illustration of Justification, Part 3. Our scripture reads, For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would inherit the world was not fulfilled through the law, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if they became heirs by the law, faith is empty and the promise is nullified. For the law brings wrath, because where there is no law, there is no transgression either. For this reason, it is by faith, so that it may be by grace, with the result that the promise may be certain to all the descendants, not only to those who are under the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our Father in the presence of God, whom he believed, the God who makes the dead alive and summons the things that do not yet exist as though they already do. 
from Romans chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Looking at verse 13, we learn further. To show that faith of Abraham, on which his justification depended, was not by the law, the apostle proceeds to show that the promise concerning which his faith was so remarkably evinced was before the law was given. If this was so, then it was an additional important consideration in opposition to the Jew, showing that acceptance with God depended on faith and not on works. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. This should be very clear to us all. Acceptance with God depends on faith and not on works. Works can be easily understood since they provide results one can see. Many times those results are immediate or almost immediate. The results of faith frequently are unseen as quickly as results from works. Results of faith are more frequently understood at a later time. Failing to see the results of faith can cause one to think that the results never came by there being no obvious evidence of it. This is why living by faith is significantly more difficult. Living by faith requires a certain trust in God that without faith, that trust has no foundation to stand on. It is much harder for us all to see the results when we really want to see them because faith needs more than observation. Its results also need to be understood by it being settled in us as happening or have happened, even with no evidence thereof. Further, we learn that he should be the heir of the world. An heir is one who succeeds, or is to succeed, to an estate. In this passage, the world, or the entire earth, is regarded as the estate to which reference is made, and the promise is that the posterity of Abraham should succeed to that, or should possess it as their inheritance. The precise expression here used heir of the world, quote-unquote, is not found in the promises made to Abraham. Those promises were, God would make of him a great nation, that in him all the families of the earth should be blessed, that his posterity should be as the stars for multitude, and that he should be a father of many nations. As this latter promise is one to which the apostle particularly refers, it is possible that he had this in his eye. This promise had, at first, respect to his numerous natural descendants and to their possessing the land of Canaan, but it is also regarded in the New Testament as extending to the Messiah as his descendant and to all his followers as the spiritual seed of the Father of the faithful. When the apostle calls him, quote, the heir of the world, end quote, he sums up in this comprehensive expression all the promises made to Abraham, intimating that his spiritual descendants, i.e., 
those who possess his faith shall yet be so numerous as to possess all lands. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. If one were to do the math on this last statement in this commentary passage, then one would see that this is already coming to pass and is only growing in numbers. God's people can be found in every known country, or, as referred to here, they can be found in every land. Mr. Barnes also said, This promise had, at first, respect to his numerous natural descendants and to their possessing the land of Canaan, but it is also regarded in the New Testament as extending to the Messiah as his descendant and to all his followers as the spiritual seed of the Father of the faithful. We today are his followers, that spiritual seed of the Father of the faithful. We, the followers of Jesus, are these people who are his followers, the spiritual seed of the Father of the faithful. One must also remember that using the phrase, quote, his posterity should be as the stars for multitude, end quote, is an example for a larger number than they had words for in the day. I spoke of this in a previous study to show that numbers like one million did not exist in these biblical days. So a large number such as one million was analogized, referring to the multitude of stars was how they expressed a very large number they could not name in numeric counting. Today, by comparison, we can count exceptionally high. The computer industry of today has named numbers above one septillion. That is, seriously up there to describe accurately in count the number of parts or pieces of something that make a whole item, such as the size of a computer hard drive. Today, for example, multiple terabyte hard drives are commonplace. In biblical times, numbers this high only had analogies for them. Even a number such as one million had to be analogized. Moving forward, our second verse reads, for if they became heirs by the law, faith is empty and the promise is nullified. That is a serious revelation. Let us get an explanation of just what we are being told by this verse. A promise looks to the future. Its design and tendency is to excite trust and confidence in Him who makes it. All the promises of God have this design and tendency, and consequently, as God has given many promises, the object is to call forth the lively and constant faith of men, all going to show that, in the divine estimation, faith is of inestimable value. But if men are justified by the law, if they are rendered acceptable by conformity to 
the institutions of Moses, then they cannot depend for acceptance on any promise made to Abraham or his seed. They cut themselves off from that promise and stand independent of it. That promise, like all other promises, was made to excite faith. If, therefore, the Jews depended on the law for justification, they were cut off from all the promises made to Abraham. And if they could be justified by the law, the promise was useless. This is as true now as it was then. If men seek to be justified by their morality or their forms of religion, they cannot depend on any promise of God, for he has made no promise to any such attempt. They stand independently of any promise, covenant, or compact and are depending on a scheme of their own, a scheme which would render his plan vain and useless, which would render his promises and the atonement of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit of no value. It is clear, therefore, that such an attempt at salvation cannot be successful. From Barnes, New Testament Notes There are four things we want to examine more closely. First, if men are justified by the law, if they are rendered acceptable by conformity to the institutions of Moses, then they cannot depend for acceptance on any promise made to Abraham or his seed. The promise made to Abraham and his seed, children and their future generations, cannot depend on acceptance based in any promise made to Abraham or his seed. Again, his seed being his generations of future children. Why is this so? The answer to this question is quite simple. They cut themselves off from that promise and stand independent of it. This is why we see church people and other people who are not church people who are quite satisfied with the results of their sinful life. This is why they feel they are pure godly people when they are not, regardless of how much good they actually do. It should be noted that a sinful life is not all that bad. One can become quite wealthy, quite famous, and possess many things. One can think and even say that there is nothing wrong with that. After all, such a one is comfortable in this life and has little to worry about. Yet, many such people can be found lonely, with very few friends, sometimes none at all. They can resort to alcoholism and worse still, illicit drug use. Many partners of love, but no one sincere love of one's life to be married to for the rest of one's life. This, in part, is what cutting yourself off from the promise and standing independent of it means. Thirdly, if, therefore, the Jews depended on the law for justification, 
they were cut out from all the promises made to Abraham. And if they could be justified by the law, the promise was useless. This is as true now as it was then. As one can see, this is unchanged by the passing of time. Notice, this is as true now as it was then. Further, it should be noted that Abraham was spiritually justified, not justified by the law of Moses. This makes the last point easier to understand. If men seek to be justified by their mortality or their forms of religion, they cannot depend on any promise of God, for he has made no promise to any such attempt. They stand independently of any promise, covenant, or compact, and are depending on a scheme of their own. It can be better understood that a scheme which would render his plan vain and useless, which would render his promises and the atonement of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit of no value, would be the unforeseen result. It is clear, therefore, that such an attempt at salvation through both human and contrived means cannot be successful. Moving forward, verse 15 reads, For the law brings wrath, because where there is no law, there is no transgression either. While man is fallen and a sinner, its tendency so far from justifying him and producing peace is just the reverse. It condemns, denounces wrath, and produces suffering. The word wrath here is to be taken in the sense of punishment. Romans chapter 2 verse 8. And the meaning is that the law of God, demanding perfect purity and denouncing every sin, condemns the sinner and consigns him to punishment. As the apostle had proved that all were sinners, so it followed that if any attempted to be justified by the law, they would be involved only in condemnation and wrath. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. Romans chapter 2 verse 8 is a cross-reference. For proper clarity in minor context, it reads, He will reward each one according to his works, eternal life to those who by perseverance in good works seek glory and honor and immortality, but wrath and anger to those who live in selfish ambition and do not obey the truth but follow unrighteousness. But to them, God rewards the righteous according to their works, as described in the previous verse, so also the wicked, as this verse describes. Contentious, who seek their own way instead of God's way, and contend against God. Do not obey the truth. God's law is truth. Sinners fight against God and obey not the truth, but obey unrighteousness. This verse describes the character of the wicked. From 
the people's New Testament. Notice closely this verse, Romans chapter 2, verse 8, describes the character of the wicked. The wicked live in selfish ambition and do not obey godly truth. They also follow the means and ways of unrighteousness. This brings us back to our study verse in Romans chapter 2, verse 15. We should note further, works wrath, produces or causes wrath. While man is fallen and a sinner, its tendency, so far from justifying him and producing peace, is just the reverse. It condemns, denounces wrath, and produces suffering. The word wrath here is to be taken in the sense of punishment, and the meaning is that the law of God, demanding perfect purity and denouncing every sin, condemns the sinner and consigns him to punishment. As the apostle had proved that all were sinners, so it followed that if any attempted to be justified by the law, they would be involved only in condemnation and wrath. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. Notice this last sentence. As the apostle had proved that all were sinners, so it followed that if any attempted to be justified by the law, they would be involved only in condemnation and wrath. It should be noticed that the only way to be justified by the law given to Moses is to faultlessly follow every part of the law given to Moses. By analogy, who lives by every law of the land they live in? Even though there are only ten laws, who can live flawlessly by them every waking minute of every day? This is how we know we are sinners in need of total forgiveness, only given to us by God and Jesus' life sacrifice on the cross to provide a very simple means for us to receive Him as our Savior. All we need do is ask Him for it. Next week, we continue our series. It is titled, the Illustration of Justification, Part 4. To find out more, join us next week. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you.
If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g. Please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphens or spaces in unchurched. Also, because we are on a very secure European server, be sure you type the lead HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash as it is required. Be sure you include it in any bookmark you make. This will prevent security load errors. Our site is mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant. Our site also has links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 8 verses 38 through 39. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.